Good morning. Welcome to all those joining us for Likutei Avochais. Erev Shabbos Kodesh, Parshas Vayeshev, Tovshin Pei Gimel. We dedicate the Shir today, Lilui Nishmas, Chaya Bas Shraga Faival, whose yard site is today, on the 22nd of Kislev, and for a complete Refu Shalema for all those that need it, including Chavid Chana Bas Galia, Yusbehendel Bas Kitaleya, Sorocha Bas Yusbehendel, Aviv Ilana Bas Yusbehendel, Soraleya Bas Chavaliba, Yehudis Bas Chana, Chaya Brocha Bas Peril, Menachem Ben Rishabasha, Yaakov Yeshua ben Freind Lorechel, Shlomenisa ben Mazel, Avram David ben Chana, Hindachasa bas Chana, Gitganendo bas Sipoira, Gabriela Sora bas Talia Rivka, David Lei ben Shena, Baruch Mordechai ben Tali, Avigail Brocha bas Shira Dvoira, Shira Dvoira bas Miriam, Jonas ben Hilda, Yehuda ben Soramaya, Chaim ben Rachel, Chaim Arye ben Brocha, Idis bas Miriam Brindle, Tuvietzvi ben Chayaliza, Eitan Yor ben Edna, Meir ben Frida, Yerachmiel Yisroel Doi ben Frumit Nahama, Shimon Eliezer ben Rochel, Hanafega bas Malkida, Rochelea bas Malkida, Ami ben Chai ben Yehudas Gila, David Eliyahu ben Michal, Shemel Elazo ben Michal. Eliyahu Yoshua ben Rochel, Yisrael Sharcho Yisrael. We started a new halacha in the previous year, halacha Gimel, and we gave the introduction from Likud Imran that this was based on chapter 30 in Likud Imran. Now Rav Nosazal begins, and once again he uses very, very powerful wording in speaking about this issue of a beard and payas. Vialkane, Iker Hadas Yisroel, the Iker Hayahadus, Tolui Bezokon Upeos. And therefore, based on what Rabbein Azal says there in, in Likud Imran, and based on what we're going to be learning here, we're going to see that the main law of, of, of Klal Yisroel, the Torah, and, the, the, and, and Jewishness is dependent on. A beard and payas, ubohem nikar hayehudi, and that's how a Jew is recognizable. We mentioned this once in the past that the Arizal says, in the olden days, no one shaved their beard. There were no there was no concept of that, and what what made Avram Avinu different from the other nations, what set him apart, what made him recognizable as being different from them was the Peos. And, and that's why it says in the Pasuk, the Arizal says, Ekev asher sham Avram b'koyli, because Avram Avinu listened to what I said. And the word Ekev, the Arizal says, is bigimatria two times peya. Kihu means back inside, kihu mizera beire Hashem, mizera Yisrael. The beard and Peos, <laughs> is what makes a man, a Jewish man, recognizable, that he is from the blessed children of Hashem, from the blessed children of Am Yisrael. And a person who decides they don't want any part in that, they don't want to be Jewish, they don't want to be connected to Hashem, 
the person wants to deny Hashem, deny faith in Hashem, Tchilas hakfirahu the beginning, the first major move that the, the person makes is the removal of the beard and payas. Rav says, based on what Rav says there in Kutim Ran, and we're going we're gonna to explain this now, based on that, the entire Yiddishkeit, the entire Torah, is, is connected to the beer and payas. Ki kol divrei toiroseinu akdoishu v'chol ha-mitzvois kulam heim b'chinas tzimtzumim l'hasogas elekusi yisborach. Because the entire Torah and all the mitzvahs and all of Judaism is all about making vessels into which to contain and receive high, the high-level understanding of Hashem. The, the great light, the infinite light of Hashem. Kimavor Bamaimranal, as Rabbeinazal explains over there in Likut Imran, where he says, Hasoga Silakus, a true high-level understanding of Hashem is something that's very, very hard to comprehend. And the only way for us to be able to relate to it is if it's brought down many, many levels into tsimsumim, into constrictions, into vessels. And, and Rabbi Nizal goes on to say there, Ki kol ois ois, teva teva every single letter and every single word of the written Torah and the oral Torah, mitzvah mitzvah, and every single mitzvah, and every single custom, Every single proper religious custom of the holy chosen nation. And he's careful to say every kosher minhag, because there are people that say, we have a minhag to do this and this. And unfortunately, some cases, there's no such minhag. Some cases, it's superstitions or nonsense that people picked up somewhere along the way. So he says, every kosher minhag of the Jewish, the holy chosen Jewish nation, kulam. All of these are forms and constrictions by which we are able to achieve an understanding of Hashem. Each and every single person, based on their level, based on their capability, of perceiving the greatness of Hashem, and also based on a person's effort, the amount of effort a person puts in to studying Torah and fulfilling the mitzvahs and performing good deeds, and to abstain, to stay away from doing bad things. This sentence now, this sentence we just read, Kikolois voice, in this, these four or five lines, again, Rav Nosanzal capsulized the whole Yiddishkeit, what it's really all about. That one of the main reasons for studying the forming mitzvahs is to give us the capability and the ability to understand Hashem on our level, to understand Hashem, to connect with Hashem on our level. 
וכל אלו הצמצומים והשיעורים, and all of these constrictions and all of these shapes and forms of the letters of the Torah and the mitzvahs and everything, בחינס שיעורים ויאספן דורייסא, which are the measurements of the, of the letters of the Torah, the shapes and forms of the letters of the Torah, כולם הם בחינס סארויס כנאו. They are all like hairs, as we mentioned in the previous paragraph, that Rabbi Nezal says there, the Hebrew word for hair is sa'arois, and the Hebrew word for measurements or shapes and forms is shiurim. V'chulam nimshachim misa'arois dedikna kadisha v'hapeyos. And the entire Torah and all the mitzvahs and all of this draws from the holy hairs of the beard and peyes. Ki kol sara v'sara mehapeos v'meadikno kadisha v'yakira, because every single hair of the peyos and the holy precious beard, kulam heim bechinas tzinoirois elyoinim v'tzintzumim kedoshim. All of them are heavenly pipes and holy constrictions from which we draw all the wisdom of the Holy Torah and all the mitzvahs. By which we achieve an understanding and, and a connection to Hashem. Whose beard are we talking about here? We're talking about the beard of Hashem. Now, we're not talking about anything physical, chas v'shalom, chas v'shalom. But this is the terminology that's used in the Sifrei Kabbalah and the Sifrei Hasidus to refer to the different aspects of Hashem from which we receive. We talk about Hashem's midas hachesed, the kindness of Hashem is Hashem's right hand. The judgment of Hashem is Hashem's left hand. So now... All the wisdom, the wisdom of Hashem, the Chochmah of the Torah, and all of its mitzvahs, with the Sifrei Kabbalah teaches, come, we, we draw it via the beard. Because the 13 tikkunim of the beard, which the Sifrei Kabbalah speak about and explain, they represent the 13 formulas by which we interpret the Torah, which basically represent the entire Torah. And now Rav Nosanzal adds these words, Woe is to that person who dares to raise a hand, to touch one hair of the holy beard and payas, the shot nefesh, with a feeling, and intentionally, and in a rebellion against Hashem. Woe is to that person, woe is to their soul. The person is uprooting themselves, taking themselves and their soul and detaching it from Hashem. And the person is disconnecting completely from the Torah of Moshe Rabbeinu. 
Woe is to these people who have done such a terrible thing to themselves. Now, remember, we spoke in, in previous year that there's levels here. There's halacha. And the halacha says that you do this using a razor, a razor blade, that's forbidden. If you're not using a razor blade, it's not forbidden. It's permissible for a person to cut the hair of the beard, the hair of the payas, with the payas, as long as they leave a certain amount, a certain length, etc. Whereas, according to the Sifrei Kabbalah, they, they're the ones that emphasize this, that, that even using kosher means, a person would want to cut the beard. And, and the payas, there it's different there. I, as far as I know, there is no isur, according, even according to Kabbalah, of cutting the payas. There is a concept of leaving it a certain length. And Rabnosanzal says this will explain why we have this plague during our time. He's talking about his time in the early 1800s when the reform movement developed and started imposing imposing, going to these non-Jewish government, to the Russian government, to the Polish government, and asking them, convincing them to force religious Jews to have to study secular education. And, and secular education, meaning a, a type of, not just math and secular education means a type of education which would contradict the Torah in many ways. Whereby these people, the founders of the reform movement, have thrown away from themselves totally the, the, the respect for Hashem, allegiance to Hashem. And they got rid of their beer and most of the payas. And they dress like the Goyim, they dress like the non-Jews. They've rejected the Jewish clothing, the long coat, the, the, the black and white, and then now they're dressing like, like the non-Jews. Because Rabbi Nezal explains over there in chapter 30 in the Kudim Ran, which this halach is based on, Sometimes, unfortunately, the holy Malchus, the holy kingdom of Hashem, which is referred to as Chachmotato, there are times when it falls, and it falls into the domain of the four kingdoms of the Sitra. Rabbein Zal says there, this is what the Pasuk and Kohelis is referring to when it speaks about the screams of the ruler among the fools. The Malchus, the holy kingdom of Hashem, cries out in a bitter cry over the fact that its knowledge has fallen among the fools. The fool wants to say that he's the real smart one. These people studying secular wisdoms 
They want to make believe as if they're the intelligentsia, the Jewish people who are studying Torah. The Torah is archaic. The Torah is for cavemen and things like that. But we are in a modern world now, and we have much more knowledge than, than the Torah. And we have a, a better knowledge to replace the Torah completely. Chas v'shalom. They want to try to rise up with their secular studies, and here he's focusing especially on philosophy and other science, other things that, that pr promote denial of the existence of Hashem, that promote the uh, rejection of religion. Really nonsense, it's foolishness. And what's what's giving them power is the fact that unfortunately the Malchus, this, this lower Chachma, has for, has gone into exile. The Khulu, etc. As Rabbeinus Ali elaborates on this over there on the Kutimran. And therefore, as a result of this element of German Jewry, who got rid of the beard completely, so what they're getting rid of, they're removing the wires by which we're able to receive understanding of Hashem. They have destroyed and removed the Chachmatato, the Malchus. Alkain, Alideze, Mizgaber Hasvishon, Chachmas Chitsonius, Shulchachmas Hatfilosophia. That's what's feeding and that's what's strengthening their universities, their, their, their secular wisdoms, and especially philosophy, where again they're questioning everything can be questioned, every, anything can be doubted. And that's why they are really pushing secular studies, secular wisdom. As a result of their destroying their beard with, 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 with intention, evil intentions. And the Torah tells us that if a person removes the, if a person cuts the beard with a razor, they're violating five different violations in the Torah. Because this whole concept of, of promoting only secular wisdom and, and using it to replace the Torah and to contradict the Torah and to put doubt on everything in the Torah, all of that is tied into and dependent on the removal of the beard. This whole desire and this whole major promotion and, and veering into secular wisdom is related to the destroying of the, beard, the holy beard. Rav Nelson says, if you want to be honest, they're not just violating those five Prohibitions in the Torah. Because by destroying the beard, it's like they're violating the entire 
because based on our explanation that the only way to achieve understanding of Hasodas is through these wires, through these pipes, through the hairs of the beard, by eliminating the beard, we're cutting off completely our ability to understand Hashem and to relate to Hashem. Question from the ladies' gallery. Rav Nosenzal is teaching us here that in a mirror, by, by men, the beard and payas represent the constrictions that allow them to understand Hashem. Is there something parallel in a woman that can enable her to understand Hashem? My answer is, I don't know. Certainly, the mitzvahs, we said here that every mitzvah is a tzimtzum, is a kalia vessel into which the, this hasoga silkas is found. So those mitzvahs that are related to women, the mitzvah of nida, hafroshas, chala, candle lighting, all of the women's mitzvahs, tzmius, all of those mitzvahs are their kalim, number one. Number two, certainly for married women or children, certainly they are receiving via the husband, via the father of the home, or if a person is attached to it, to the tzaddikim, they're also, Rabbi Nezal shows there over in Likud Imran that we cannot achieve Hasoga Salakus unless a person has a Rebbe who can bring down that Hasoga Salakus into Tzimtzumim. So when we're studying the Torah of the Tzadikim, when we're studying the Torah Shabal Peh and, and all, the, all the works of the Tzadikim, those are example, their teachings, their writings are these Tzimtzumim by which we can achieve Hasoga Salakus. Because through that razor or that knife that they're lifting up against the holy beard to destroy it, this strengthens the leadership of the Sidrachra, the kingdom of Amolek. Shehu Klolius Shokol Ha'arba Malchius, Kanalba Maimaral. Amalek is a composite of all the evil of all four kings of the kingdoms of the Sikhra, as Rabbeinazal shows there in the Kudimran. Ki Amalek, Humizera Esav Horosha. Amalek is a descendant of Esav, Shigenikosoi Mebechinas Valcharba Chotichia. And in the Torah tells us, Esav draws from the sword. Esav lives by the sword. The main ability for Esav and Amalek to draw power and energy is when our Chochmatato, our Malchus, is damaged. The Torah tells us that the Malchus of Kedusha is referred to as a sword that avenges the holy covenant of Hashem. As Rabbi Nezal explains this over there, we put him around. And this is also what Rabbi Nezal says there, that when Shmuel Hanavi found out that Shol HaMelech had fulfilled the commandment of Hashem to wipe out Amalek completely, and he allowed the king of Amalek to survive, Agag, the Torah says, Shmuel Anavi went, he took a sword, and he cut him into four. 
And Rabbi Nezal explains what this means is that he cut the Malchus of Kedusha to sever the connection to the Malchus of the Sitrachra, to the four kingdoms of the Sitrachra. That's this Chatochoi Ledalit. Ki Iker Alias Vitikan Hamalchusanal, Walide Tikun Hacherev Dikdusha. Because the main elevation and perfection of the Malchus by perfecting the sword. Because through the holy sword, we cut, we did detach the holy Malchus from the four kingdoms of the Sitra Achra. And we defeat the sword of Esav, Shehu Malchus Amolek, he has his sword. And when a Jew lifts up a razor or some other type of knife, which is like a sword, against the holy beard, he's causing major, major damage to the, to the Holy Kingdom, which is referred to as this Holy Sword that avenges the... the, the main source from which the Malchus of Kedusha draws its life and its light is from the, the face, the light of the face, the Oyer Hapon, from the hairs of the beard and payas. Now, this is not Rav Nossin, This is based on the Sifrei Kabol. Every word Rav Nossin's are saying here is not his own. He's basing this on what's written very clearly and explained in the Zohar Kodesh, in all the Sifrei Kabola, who explain the different parts of the body and the different parts of Odom Hoelion, of Kaviochel, the which is, again, nothing physical. And that allows the sword of Esau to become powerful. The kingdom of Amolek, which is a composite of all four kingdoms of the Sitrachra. Now Rav Nosanzal continues, How did all of, where did all of this start? How did this begin? This whole process of reform Jewry, <laughs> And, and promoting secular studies and cutting off the beard and payas. says, if you'll study carefully and if you'll find, you'll know the truth, you'll know that all of this started with pigam habris. Because a Jew would never lift up their hand to destroy the beard unless the person was first unless the first person first sinned in, in purity, the pure purity that's expected between men and women, according to the Torah, unless the person has sinned in a major, major way. Rav Nosanzal here again is talking very, very, very powerful, very serious. 
שעל ידי זה פוגם בהמויח, בחוכמת התוכנן, because the ספרי קבולה explain that the bris is connected to the brain, that the זוהר הקודש says סילוקו דיסוידו עד אבא ואימא, the effort, the, the power of the bris, יסוייד, right So if when a person's brain is damaged, when the Chachma is damaged, usually it has been preceded by Pegama Bris. And as a result of that, all kinds of thoughts and all kinds of secular wisdom takes over the person. To the point where it led the person to actually destroy the beard. And when a person does that, they're disconnecting, detaching themselves completely from the Holy Kingdom, from from achieving the understandings, the Chachma and the Emuna of Judaism, And the person has no portion in Hashem, in the Holy Torah, and in the Jewish nation. Now notice, Rav Nosenzal does not say this about other things. If a, he, doesn't, he doesn't use this kind of harsh language, because this is something that people might not think, I'm not hurting anybody, I didn't kill anybody, I didn't steal. It's not so terrible. And the Sifrei Kabbalah show us that you don't know, we don't know. Again, the Moshe I give of a child who walks into a control room of a computer that controls missiles, and he sees green buttons, yellow buttons, red buttons, and kids know buttons on a toy that you press them and they make music or they scream or they, they do funny things. And he presses all the buttons on this computer. And then somebody comes running into the room. Who's touching those buttons? And the child says, it doesn't work. Nothing's working here. I pressed all the buttons. No music, no music. You don't know, you just shot missiles. You destroyed cities, whole cities, millions of people. Here it's the same thing. Without the Zohar, without the Sifrei Kabbalah, sometimes we have no idea whatsoever of what's going on when we do a mitzvah, we do an Avera. And again, the Chidozal says, we have the Pesach in Tehillim, Al-Tihyu Kisus Kefered Ein Hovin. Don't be like a horse, like a mule that has no brains, that has no understanding. And he says, Pered refers to those people who study Torah, that but... They, they, they limit themselves. They're not interested in the soil. They only want the pshat remez drush. They don't believe in sod or they ignore sod. He says they could be compared. It's like the difference between a mule and a human being. That's the difference in the level of understanding of Torah. It's like a person who stops in third grade and, and they don't want to go any further. They graduated. They graduated elementary school, high school, college, graduate school. I'm finished. I learned everything I need to know coming out of third grade, not knowing that there's four through eight of elementary school, and then there's nine through 12 of high school, and there's levels and levels more. Any questions, please? 
a question, it seems surprising that we can do an action on the beard in the physical world that'll harm the spiritual corollary of the beard in the spiritual world. Could you elaborate on that? The answer is yes. That's basic Judaism, Judaism 1.0, that everything in the physical world is wired to the spiritual world. Everything, our eyes, our ears, the, the food we eat, everything is wired. And everything we do physically, properly, is performing major spiritual tikkunin. And everything we do wrong is, is, is causing major physical destruction. The Baal Shem Tov said that, that the Pusik says, we're going to say this tonight, when we go to shul Friday evening, those that have a we say, Hoidu, before Mincha. It says there, Re'evim gam tzemein. Hashem has made us hungry and thirsty because nafsham bohem tisatov, because there are souls wrapped in that food, in that food and drink. And when I make a brach and I take a drink by, by making a blessing and drinking that water or coffee or, or apple juice, whatever it is, I'm, I'm achieving, I'm elevating spirituals, I'm completing Jewish souls. I'm making major, major spiritual tikkunim. And if I drink it without a bracha, or if I, if I eat meat that has been slaughtered improperly, I could be destroying souls. I could be causing souls to have to wait another hundred years before they can get their tikkun. A question in the chat. I'm very confused regarding the Breslov approach to getting deep into soul. Rabbi Rosenfeld, for instance, never spoke about it in any depth. Neither do I. That's not true. That's completely not true. Number one, Rav Rosenfeld touched on it always, number one. And there was a period of time that he was giving shirim in Tikkun Zohar. And, and all of the, all of the Breslav Svam, the Likut Emran, the Sipur Emaisis, are all wired and based on the Zohar Kodesh, the Tikkun Zohar, the writings of the Arizal, the commentaries such as Kaprois Lachachm and others show all the connections, all the wires from the from the from the Likutim Randa, Likute Halochis, all of these foreign, how it's connected to all of the deep Kabbalah Sforan. You need to know that that even though the Kabbalah is so important and so important, there's a lot of prerequisites. There are prerequisites. And a person needs to first go to first grade, second grade, third grade. A person needs to study the five Chumashim with Rashi and with the proper commentaries and to study Mishnah and to study Gemara in order to have a healthy understanding of the Sifrei Kabbalah. Or to, it should be taught by a person who's very, very qualified, who has that base who has Torah Shebenigla, who has the revealed Torah in a good, healthy way and is an authority, not really qualified, has proper smicha to know that this person really understands halacha and fulfills halacha properly. And then that person also studies Kabbalah, supplements it with Kabbalah, with Hasidus. That's a certain shlemus. And there, that person has to use tremendous discretion who they're talking to. The, you you try you turn on a a million watt bulb, you know, and show it to a child to, to someone who isn't wearing the proper filters. You're going to blind them. Chas
So therefore, there is an issue of selectiveness, tremendous selectiveness that has to be done. What teaching Gemara to a person who doesn't know Chumash is riboyoyer, and teaching Kabbalah to a person who doesn't have the proper requirements, the proper emuna, the, the most important requirement that Rabbi Chaim Vital writes is real, solid, solid faith in Hashem, faith in tzaddikim, and genuine humility to know that if I'm going to hear anything or see anything that I don't understand, I'm not going to attribute it to a weakness in the Torah. I'm going to know that it's only my own weakness. Now Rabbi Nelson Zal continues. In, over there in Kutimran, Rabbi Nelson says, that how do we fix all of this? He says we need chesed. Chesed plays a major role in repairing any damage that's been done to the malchus. And he quotes a pasuk, v'huchan b'chesed kisoi. Hashem will establish his throne with chesed. The malchus is established with chesed. And Rabbi Nezal goes on to explain there that one powerful example of the chesed we're talking about here is rebuke. When a person loves someone enough <clears throat> to, to, that when they see that person doing something wrong, making a mistake, they want to help them get out of the mistake. They, wanna be, they, they know that that's a good person. They simply don't know or they don't know the right thing and they want to make it clear to them that they're doing something wrong. They're hurting themselves and to be able to correct them. So there Rabbi Nezal speaks about toichacha a, a healthy kosher rebuke that's, that's a display of chesed. Paragraph Gimel, the Iker HaChesed shall yodai choit chenes ha-malchus malchus one of the main forms of chesed by which we're able to cut and sever the connection between the malchus of Kedusha from the four malchus of the Sitra Achra we draw that chesed through rebuke. <clears throat> and Rabbi Nezal shows this there from Sukkim. Rabbi Nezal says there, how does a tzaddik know how to, how to rebuke people? And he explains it's based on the Torah and tefillah of the people. The Torah and the tefillah of those who are close to a tzaddik, their Torah and tefillah comes to the tzaddik. <laughs> and through this, he has the ability to recognize where that person is at. <laughs> and especially based on the azus of each and every person the Azus Dikdusha, and the Azus of the Sitrachra, Kimavur Hetev Shambamayi as Rabbi Nezal elaborates on this towards the end of that chapter on Likutei Maran. Because Rabbi Nezal says there that the Torah and Tefillah doesn't have names on it when it comes to the Tzaddik. So how does he know which is which? Rabbi Nezal shows there it's through the level of Azus Dikdusha that a student shows of wanting to come close to the tzaddik or a lack of azistic dusha, that's one of the ways by which the tzaddik is able to recognize which tyrant feel is coming from which person and be able to correct the, the mistakes, the holes in the person's torrent feeler. 
And all of this is included and related to the holy beard. Because the hairs of the beard are strong, are tough in a sense, in order to subjugate, to subjugate the Midasadin, to suppress the Midasadin. Rav Nosazal says, This is an example of Azistigdusha, holy Azus, Bechinas Az powerful and hard, tough, which is one of the main requirements and prerequisites for a person to succeed in Torah and Tefillah. It requires Azistigdusha a brazenness, a toughness to keep at it, to keep trying, even if the person, it looks to the person as if they're, they're not having any results. Sheklulin bedikno kadisha. And these hasogos of Torah and Tefillah are included in the holy beard. Ki klolius ha-Torah shemechachin because all of the new revelations of Torah, the entire Torah Shabalpeh, is all based on those 13 formulas by which we expound the Torah. And those 13 formulas come from the 13 tikkunim of the beard that the Zohar Kodesh explains. And so to all of our prayers are under the umbrella of Hashem's 13 attributes of kindness. As the Gemara says in Rosh Hashanah, that when the Jews committed the, the sin of the golden calf and Hashem was so angry, Hashem wanted to destroy the Jews completely, and Moshe Rabbeinu wouldn't allow it. Moshe Rabbeinu prayed and prayed and davened and davened until Hashem forgave the Jewish people. And then from that downer, from that low place, Moshe Hashem said, and now I'm going to teach you how to daven, how to pray to me. And the, the, the Gemara says Hashem cloaked himself in a talus and he taught Moshe Rabbeinu the 13 attributes of kindness that whenever there'll be a, a, a crisis, a major, major threat, this is your secret weapon. Because usually tefillah is all about kindness, pleading and begging for kindness. We want to try to arouse the 13 attributes of kindness of Hashem, which are included and found in the 13 tikkunim of the beard, as the Zohar Kodesh says in Parshas Nasai, page 131. That's where, <coughs> I believe, that's the Idra Kadisha, where Rabbi Shimon Barichoy teaches all the, the basics of, of Kabbalah, and this concept of the image of man and how it relates to the attributes of Hashem, all the attributes of Hashem. 
ועל ידי זה, על ידי התורה והתפילה, שהם כפי האזוס של כל אחד, and it's through the Torah and Tefillah of each person, which is based on the degree of Azus that the person has, Azus Degdusha, or, or the opposite Azus, person who lives next to a shul and doesn't go to shul, that's Azus the Sitrachra, Chutzpah. Who do you think you, Hashem is your neighbor and you don't go see him? Hashem invites you to come, each, each and every Jew has an invitation to go to shul. And a person rejects the, ignores, rejects the invitation of Hashem, chas v'shalom. Ha'yidei zeh yoideya hazoken ve'yoyshe b'yeshiva, eich lo hechiach es kol echod v'yechod. Rabbi Nezal shows the Amikut Yimran, through the Torah and Tefillah of each person, which is based on the azas of each person, that's what gives the tzaddik, who is this zoken yosh v'yeshiva, the ability to know how to rebuke each and every individual person. And the tzaddik opens his mouth with chachma. And the pasuk continues, He called tikune dikna heim soviv hakodosh. Because all of the tikunim of the beard surround the holy mouth. And the revelation, types of holy chachma, of the holy beard, and of the holy tzaddik, who is called, the Gemara refers to him as Zokein Yeshiva, the elder who sits and studies Torah, is revealed, the way a tzaddik reveals his chachma is through his holy mouth. Usually that's how all the Chochmah is revealed. Which comes from, which comes via these pipes, via these wires, these hairs of the beard and payas which surround the mouth. In this chapter on Yikut Imran that this halach is based on, Rabbi Nazar says there that the, the lower the more ill a person is, the more they need a greater doctor <coughs> to be able to cure them and heal them. So the more ill a person is spiritually, the more they need the greater tzaddik or the greatest tzaddik to be able to heal them. The Yantaf of Hanukkah is a time when we're going down, going, we're reaching out to the f- people that are far away. And we see this on many levels. Number one, when we're healthy and well, we go to Hashem. We go to the Beis Hamikdash. We go to Shul. When a person is sick, they come to visit me. And Rav Nosanzal explains that Hanukkah is the concept of Bikur Choylen. Hashem knew there's going to come a time when we're sick. We don't have a Beis Hamikdash. We're in Golis, major Golis. Hashem said, okay, I'll come to you. You can light the menorah in your own house. And where do you position the menorah? You position the menorah at the entranceway, at the, at the entrance or exit of the house. That's one of the places where you position the menorah. Or in the window for the outside. We want to broadcast to the outsiders, not the insiders. The, 
the insiders are the people who are religious, who are good. We want to do outreach. The message of the menorah is to reach out to those who are far away. The height of the menorah, usually the lowest place. You can't bring holiness lower than ten tefachim. Hanukkah is the exception. We're going all the way down. We're going below ten tefachim. We try, it's preferred, if possible, to light the menorah below ten tefachim. It's the only time that the Shekhinah comes below ten tefachim. It's about reaching down, down, down. The Arizal says that in order to reach all the way down there, on the, during the eight days of Hanukkah, Hashem turns on those 13 light bulbs, the the 13 attributes of kindness. And the Arizal says during the first seven nights of Hanukkah, we're supposed to connect to the first seven attributes of kindness, which are Kel, Rachum, Vechanun, Erech, Apayim, Verav Chesed, Ve'emes. Those are the first seven, and they apply to each one of those first seven nights. On the eighth night, Zois Hanukkah, the final night of Hanukkah, which there's a lot written about it, that that's the grand finale, that's when we're supposed to have in mind the last six attributes of kindness. Noitzer chesed la'alofim, noitzer avoin, vofesha, vechato, venake. So that we see again this concept that when we're down, when we're in a very low place, v'yurita ta'asaliyah, when we're in that low place, Hashem has to bring a light from the highest place, the highest place possible, in order to be able to repair us, in order to be able to heal us. And this is one of the things that we achieve during this, during these eight nights of Hanukkah, this connection to the Shloishes Remidois. Now we know it's broken up into seven and six. Yaakov, Yaakov Avinu, the word Yaakov is bigematria seven times Yudke Vavke. Yosef is bigematria six times Yudke Vavke. The combination of Yaakov and Yosef. This week's parsha, all the parshas that we're reading about now, last week, this week, next week, are all about Yaakov and Yosef, these two tzaddikim who are considered like one, in a sense. The Zohar Kodesh says, Yaakov the Yosef These two are considered like one, and these two, the combination of these two, push all of those 13 buttons, turn on all of those 13 wires, of the Shloishes Ramida Shorachnim and the Shloishes Ramida Shatur and Reshesban. We should be Zoycha by, by studying the Parsha of the week, hearing the Kriya Satoira, to be able to connect to Hashem, to the Tzadikim, by which we're able to receive Hashem's light in, in a healthy way. We should be Zoycha to be kind the mitzvahs of the Torah, each one of us in the right way. Everyone needs to know that us are on the same level, none of us are in the same place. And sometimes what's a mitzvah, an obligation for one person could be an avera for another. Each person needs to know, and again, a, a, a tzaddik, a leader, a manhig needs to know where each person is at and to know what this person should be doing, shouldn't be doing. I remember my Rebbe, Reb Michal, when he came to Eretz Yisrael from Russia, 
most of the people in the shul, in the breast of Shlomei Sharem, wore a shrimal on Shabbos. He looked at it, and it was strange a little, because in, in Eastern Europe, only a Rebbe, a Hasidic Rebbe, wore a shrimal. Regular people didn't wear shrimals. But here in Yerushalayim, the men, the, the Hasidim, the Yerushalmiim and the Hasidim, everyone wears shrimals on Shabbos Yantiv. And in many places, even kids, when a kid gets bar mitzvah, he puts on a shrimal. But Rebichel said for 11 years, he couldn't bring himself to do it. Couldn't do it. At one point, somebody came over to him and said that this could be construed like a type of gaiva, that you're different from everybody else. Everybody else here, everybody, even the kids. But you're different. You, you do something different. He heard it, and he said he understood it, and he realized Okay, time to buy a shrimal. And he went and bought a shrimal. And he said the first time he came to shul, I think on Friday night with it, he wanted to hide under the table. He thought, everybody's looking, oh, everybody's looking at me, terrible. Thing. But he said, the nature, the nature, after a week or two, you get used to it and it's nothing and no, no big deal. And I remember when I, when I first came to Eretz Yisrael, I had a trim beard at the time. <clears throat> Even that, but prior to that, we, my, my, Rav Rosenfeld's students, most of them shaved completely using obviously a kosher shaving machine, not a razor or anything like that. There was a time when Rav Michal came to the United States and there were certain things that, that went on afterwards in my own life where Rav Michal said, maybe it's time to start growing a beard like, like Rav Rosenfeld had one before he passed away. A trim beard, not a long beard, trim beard like it. And at the time I did it, and I, trying to recall, could be some of my friends did it also. And then when I came to Eretz Yisrael, after being in Eretz Yisrael for a while, and I was no longer in a working environment like I was in America, Rabbi Michal said to me, now that you're here and you're part of our maybe you don't need to trim your beard anymore. Maybe it's a... And at the time I did it, I, I stopped trimming my beard, and I don't want to go into detail, I don't want, but there were there was certain preparation for this that I didn't do, and it wreaked havoc. It caused major, major upheaval in my family, in my life, for a number of years, because there wasn't the proper preparation. Sometimes the preparation for a mitzvah can be even more important than the mitzvah itself. The Rambam writes that the menorah in the Beis Amikdosh, there were two steps. There was the Hatova Saneros, preparing the menorah, preparing the wicks and the oil, cleaning out the cups, the, the whole preparation. It was the actual lighting. The Rambam says that the lighting of the menorah was able to be done by anybody, a Yisrael, a Kohen, a Levi. The Hatova Saneros, could only be done by a kohen. Not all opinions agree with this, but this is his opinion. And there are mafoshim that write that we see from here that some the preparation for a mitzvah could be even more important than the actual mitzvah itself. Eventually, Baruch Hashem, everything smoothed out and my family accepted it. But then, and Rabbi Michal told me for years, the first years that I went to Israel, but a shrimal you don't have to wear. Rabbi Yitzchak Gelbach, one of the descendants of Rabbi Nezal, who was who lived in, in Yerushalayim and who davened in the breast of Shomei Sharon, he 
he didn't wear a strimal. He also couldn't bring himself to do it. And he was one of the descendants of Rabbeinazal, a Tom, a Yerei someone who everybody respected and loved. And he didn't wear a strimal. So Rabbeinazal told me, you, you don't have to wear a strimal. I didn't ask him if I should wear I, I wasn't looking for I didn't. I wasn't, I was perfectly comfortable with the hat that I was wearing. And then at one point when one of my children was getting married and he was studying in, in Hasidish Yerushalayim yeshivas, and he was intending to put on a strimal and a, he went to Reb Michal without telling me and he said to him, I don't understand this. My father lives here. He's giving shiru. Why? I, I'm going to wear a strimal. He went, why? And Reb Michal thought about it and he, he, he approached me afterwards and he said, maybe for your son's wedding, maybe it might be a good idea to start wearing a strimal, but first make sure you get your family's approval. See what your family says about it. And at the time I mentioned it and the answer was, sure, sure. I'm saying you see that sometimes things happen in a gradual way. And, and sometimes a person does something before the right time or without the right preparation, there's a shattering of vessels. There are, there's, there's, it could cause major destruction. We should be zeicha. Now that Shabbos, today's era of Shabbos, Shabbos is coming. Shabbos is an incredible light. And Hanukkah is coming, which is another incredible light. We should be there to make, to prepare ourselves to receive the light of Shabbos. How do you prepare to receive the light of Shabbos? By making all the physical preparations, preparing the house, preparing the food, preparing the clothing, all the, the, the gashmis, which activates the ruach. From my flesh, I see Hashem by helping out, doing whatever we can to help out, to prepare the house and, and the family for, to, to receive Shabbos Kodesh, and by pleading with Hashem to be zeicha, to receive the great light of Shabbos, and to feel, to feel the Kedush of Shabbos. And in addition for Hanukkah, to beg Hashem to be zeicha, to know what this is all about, to understand it on, on, as, on whatever high levels we can, and to, to feel, the holiness and the sweetness of these Yom Tovim. We should be zerche through this to get to see the coming of Moshiach, the Gula Shleimah, Ben Herab Yameinu, Amen, Amen.